This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing like to call the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Again, I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Andrew Webster Webby. What is good? Yo, hi, everybody. Hey. Great to be back. Great to be back. Looks like, uh, hey, man, we got uh, we got sports happening this week. And I have a uh, nine-month pregnant wife here who could... Uh, who could be giving birth at any moment. So we're going to try and wheel the TV into the delivery room. We've got to see if that can work. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Lots on the go in the Webster household. Lots right. on the go in the NBA. And that's why we are back on this, the Ball on Blast podcast, which this episode of Ball on Blast is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. And as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. I mean, the barbershops are back up and running. Basketball's back up Wear and running. Wear a mask. Wear your Wear mask. mask to the barbershop. Of course, of course. Everything is back up and running, but especially basketball, which is why we're here. And, oh. you know, oh. Webby, I, I can see the excitement in your face. I can hear the excitement in your voice. The words basketball are back. How does that make you feel, Mr. Andrew Webster? It makes me feel amazing. And what I love about what the NBA is doing with their return is that they seem to be doing it right. The <laughs> bubble seems to be the way to go. Because I think a week ago, maybe even a little less than a week ago, they tested everybody and they had no positive tests for COVID. Meanwhile, baseball basically just came back willy-nilly and we've got teams that may not play for the rest of the season. Who knows? So it seems like Adam Silver and the NBA and the bubble idea down in Orlando Mm -hmm. is working. And that's the best news. So... The one thing that also mentioned when they do tip the ball back up, Mr. Andrew Webster, is your Toronto Raptors are still the NBA champions. Defending chance. Coming down to Orlando in the Black Lives Matter bus, just blowing the whole place up. How awesome was that to see such a great message from a Canadian team, right? And they've been doing such a great job in getting the message out to not just Canadians, but Americans living in Canada, telling them to go out and vote, how important it is. And I thought that statement with the bus yeah. uh, and Masai Ujiri, we should not be surprised how uh, smart and, you know, on point he is. So I love to see that. And, you know, you might think, Sheldon, that I'm going to say, oh, man, the Raptors with no Kawhi, they've got no shot. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think that this bubble and this kind of tournament happening down in Orlando is the best case scenario for a team like the Raptors. Okay. My whole thought on this whole bubble is anything is possible because it's four months. So you don't know who's been really working out, who's been working on their game, which I know you want to mention your boy Benny Simmons shooting threes. But the reality is in four months – There could be so much that has changed in terms of someone's game, in terms of someone's fitness, good or bad. 
So that's a wild card. The other wild card about this situation is just health in general. So we've seen the Raptors this entire season deal with injuries. And they have the depth, but it just makes you wonder, can they stay healthy throughout this? Because it's one thing to deal with injuries during the regular season when, you know, you might play the Bucks, but then your next game's against the Zombie Warriors without Steph, Clay, and Draymond. But it's another thing when you're dealing with injuries, but now you're in the playoffs. And now mm-hmm. you're playing against Giannis for six straight games. Or even in this bubble situation where you got to play, like their schedule's hard, right? So if you're dealing with the injuries in this, it kind of makes things super different. And that's the part that I don't know, can this team stay healthy? Right. Uh, because like you said, during that regular season, it was kind of up and down. One guy, they'd lose one guy, somebody else would step up. Mm-hmm. And then they'd lose that guy, the other person comes back. And they'd kind of fall into this cycle of losing somebody and having other players step up. Now, they've had this time off to kind of coagulate. Everybody's back together. But I think for me, the best thing about this stoppage for the Raptors was getting them where they did. Because, what are they, second in the East? Second in the East right now, and three games up on Boston. And they can't really drop below third with the rest of the regular season before the playoffs actually start. So, you're right, they have an incredibly tough schedule before these playoffs start, but... I mean, even if they end up going, what, three and five, worst case scenario, two and six, it's not going to matter that much for the playoff seeding. Sure, they might fall behind Boston Mm -hmm. if the Celtics go on a crazy run, but still, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's not like you're going to drop down and having to have to face Milwaukee uh, or Boston in the first round. So I think that um, with the great coach that they have um, the injuries kind of now being a thing maybe of the past, but everybody's back together. Everybody seems to be healthy and where they are in the standings. I think they're really in the catbird seat in the East. I really think that it's super interesting, right? Because you mentioned how well coached they are and they have a system. And I think in something like this scenario where so much is in flux, right? The fact that the Raps can go back and like, this is their style of play. You know, it's going to be crazy ball Mm -hmm. movement, good defense, and you can't really game plan for just one person. So that's kind of the advantage that the Raptors could have. But there's part of me that wonders that in the the like craziness that this whole thing could be, because you don't know about injuries, you don't know who could get sick, you don't know anything that could possibly happen. To me, it makes me wonder, okay, well, is it better suited for a team that has a top five dude that... Okay, when everything else, when all the shit hits a fan, do you just have that one dude that just says, don't worry, get on my back. I'm going to win this series. I'm going to win this game. Don't worry about it. And I don't. And for sure, there's, th- there's three teams that have that guy it's the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, that's about it. So and it makes me wonder, though, the, the, this so Raptors team, the can they do that? Do you think? Do you know what I mean? This Raptors team, now, can Pascal be that guy for the Toronto Raptors if need be? Like, chips are down. You need buckets, right? It's mano a mano. You're going head-to-head with whoever, whether it's the, the Celtics or whether it's against the Bucks or whether it's against your Sixers. And it's just, yo, we need buckets right now. Can Pascal Siakam be that guy? Because if you go back to last year, and as much as people want to downplay what Kawhi did in the finals, my guy was still a walking 28-10 and 10 on one leg 
right? So, <laughs> yeah. As and we, when they needed that bucket, he'd give them that bucket. So I, I'm just asking the question, and and I'm not leading it one way or the next. But do you think Pascal has that next gear right now, where he could be that guy to you know go head to head against whoever need be, or does it have to be by committee for the Raptors to win? Well, I don't think that he's scared to do it, mm-hmm. whether he can or he can't. I think if the ball's in Pascal's hand, I think that he has the confidence to say, ah, I'm better than the guy in front of me, yeah. and I can do that. Whether he can or not, yeah. well, we're going to see. We're going to find but, out. But like uh, you want to have that guy, it, whether he can or not, you need to have, and I think the Raptors have a couple of guys like that. I think Fred is like that. Mm-hmm. Give me the ball, I can score. I think Pascal is like that. Mm-hmm. Give me the ball, I can score. Okay. Now, is that going to work against Giannis? Uh, I, I don't know. But, again, I think having that system mm-hmm. in place and working through that in this uh, return-to-play tournament or whatever it's called is huge. Mm-hmm. When you look at what the Sixers are doing, in that they're almost setting up a new system yeah. with having Ben play basically a LeBron James point forward role mm-hmm. and bring in Shake Milton now as the point guard, yeah. that's going to be interesting to see because it seems so new. Yeah. And sure, if it works, it's going to work great. But if it flames out, that could be it, well, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be super interesting. And the Raptors, you mentioned their schedule, right? And so if we go through the games here, they got the Lakers, Heat, Magic, Celtics, Grizzlies, Bucks, Sixers. That's a tough only scale. two. There's only two that you can maybe take your foot off the gas with the magic and the and the grizz. Yeah, I look at that and I say, if you go four and four, that's pretty good. Huge, right? That's massive. Huge. That's because really good. I figure if you go if you go four and four, you're pretty much guaranteed that second spot. Because the key part is at the bottom, right? The Wiz and and Nets are a joke, right? So get them out. Yeah, get them get out. Get them out. Why are they there? Matter. But that six seed, if you're in that three six matchup, you could be talking about a first round against the Sixers, right? Like that's That'd so it gets super interesting here, and so every game becomes so important, and that's where you know it makes me worry about the injuries because this Raptors team hasn't been able to stay healthy for the whole season, and now in big boy games, yes, it's one thing in the regular season to say, hey, we can get by without Fred or without Kyle for a game. But in the playoffs, when you're, or even in these these first eight games, where you're going against the Heat, or you're going against the Lakers, and you know these are big boy games from here on out. So that's going to be the thing to me. I hope they can stay healthy, and I think the key to the Raptors is still got to be by committee. I don't think it can be okay. We're relying on Pascal to get it done and be that like mm-hmm. thirty a night guy. I think realistically, if he's still putting in twenty maybe to 25 cool but you're gonna need norm you're gonna need gasol you're gonna need surge kyle scoring you're gonna need everybody yeah all the scoring has got to come up and it's got to be by committee and it's got to be sticking to the system because you know it can't be in that scenario which we saw last year at times where it just turned into where's Kawhi, right because that's what happens in the playoffs sometimes like that's the reality of the playoffs um, but anyways, it's going to be interesting for the Raps. We'll save the pre- predictions for later on in terms of who's going to make okay. it out of the East, okay? But let's okay. let's get to the bubble. We mentioned that we think the Raptors as a team being in the bubble, it kind of helps them just because of the family-like atmosphere. I really like the setup 
in terms of how uh, they made the floor for the Raptors very Raptors oriented. They had the signage yeah, everywhere. Yeah. They had the family photos in the Raptors rooms and all that, which was a really nice touch from an, uh, as you mentioned, an A plus plus organization. But yeah. in terms of the bubble and some of the things that we've been seeing in the bubble so far, we'll get to Lou Will in a sec. But is there some something else in terms of the bubble that, you know, piqued your interest that's been kind of interesting for you so far? Or is it just, yo, Lou Will? No, there has been. And it has to do, it'll be a nice segue into Lou Will because it has to do with the food. Okay. Okay. When they first got there, all my t- t- Twitter timeline was full of people taking pictures of the food and being like, oh my God, can you believe it? Listen, that food looked okay. That's what I'm saying. I wasn't expecting them to be getting, you know, like uh, Home Alone 2, uh, you know, pr- coming in with the with the silver dish, put it, pu- pulling it off and having the prime rib. Listen, I, I, I'm giving it up to the NBA for setting this up. That's got to be... Logistics-wise, has to be a nightmare to figure out what can we serve these guys that can be safe and packaged and everything. So I think that was a little overblown. Now, the other thing that I liked, and I think this was kind of debunked, was I think, oh, who was it? Was it Garrett Temple or something okay. had his food? And then a couple hours later, it was a Tuesday, and LeBron James had the tacos out. Oh, it was like but LeBron I, yes. is still doing Taco Tuesday. But I it's think like, listen, were the Lakers there yet? I don't know if the Lakers are in the bubble yet. Maybe, but, but it's funny. It is like, funny. LeBron though. James, LeBron James's food is going to be different than Garrett Temple's food. Of course, like that's just how it's going. LeBron go. James's but room I, is going to be different than Garrett Temple's room, right? No, that's the and that's the NBA. Of course. Did you hear the story? By the way, JJ Redick. This was in the middle of quarantine. JJ Redick was on with Simmons. And they're talking mm-hmm. about the rumors of the Lakers holding secret workouts during... At the guy's house. Yes. So apparently, for yeah. people who might not know, there's some super rich dude that lives in Bel Air, I'm pretty sure it is, that has yeah, and a, he's got the... a replica Staples Center court <laughs> yeah. in his house. And so Sick. the rumor was that the Lakers were having secret workouts there throughout the quarantine. So... That, to me, is one of those things where you just think, you know, we're talking about the difference in food, the difference in organizations. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're seeing it in different ways, but that's one where it's like, wow. (laughs) Okay, LeBron, (laughs) what else do you got for us? Uh, And then, so the other thing is, I'm loving the the LeBron beard with the gray. Yes. Because, I don't know, I'm starting to get a couple of little grays here, so I can definitely uh, commiserate with the king on that. And then the the last thing that I love about the bubble is that it's kind of like a college atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these guys didn't spend four years in a university, but all I'm seeing now on my Insta or Twitter are the guys doing the shotgun beer challenge. <laughs> yes, and I just love I just love the thought <laughs> of these guys. Like first it was Myers Leonard, yeah. then JJ Redick, and then it's amazing. Like these guys, it's, it's truly like uh, us weekly. Yeah. Like they're just like us, it, like just shotgunning by the pool. It's awesome. That, to that's see, great. Stuff yeah. It's to see. awesome to see them as real people. And you know, the yeah. NBA is the fun league, right? Like, you know, just seeing the different things, seeing the personalities. And then you counter that with the NHL, who I'm pretty sure has said the players are not allowed to like post the bubble on Instagram. Like, they can't right. post stuff on social media behind the scenes. And that, to me, is, like, ridiculous, right? Like, That's the best part. Yeah, like, 
how else do you expect your game to grow? Like, why do we enjoy the NBA so much? It's because we can, we can, you know, what's your boy on the Sixers that made his YouTube series? No, that's Thibault. Right? Matisse. Like, Matisse Thibault. Like, that's awesome, right? Like, that's cool. Seeing these guys go fishing, seeing these guys, like, how are they <laughs> killing their time in the bubble? Like, that to me is a super interesting, uh, is it Bubble Life? Is that the uh, Twitter account? NBA bubble life. I think that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's hilarious. That is great content. And that's what makes the NBA what it is. Heck again, that's why we're doing this podcast, right? Because you get this stuff from the NBA and you get stories like how many players now have been, um, had to re quarantine for 10 days because they stepped outside of the bubble to receive, retrieve (laughs) their delivery. Who was on the yeah, it was on the Blazers. So it was and Bruno it was like, Caboclo first off, and then uh, Rashad yeah. Holmes, I think. I think, and then Myers Leonard was tweeting about it. He's like, about to go. He's like, teammate, about to go pick up the skip the dishes. It's gonna be sick. And then, <laughs> and it was like, and then it was like Bruno Caboclo must quarantine for ten days. And then Myers Leonard tweeted, Ah, never mind. <laughs> so good. Right? Like, that is great content. That is hilarious. That is funny. And, you know, obviously having to quarantine for the 10 days leads us to Mr. Lou Williams. And this, people. <laughs> the six god. The six god. Six men like Lou Will. And this, people, is maybe the epitome as to why the Ball on Blast podcast exists. Exactly. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And I, I, I tweeted out. I'm not here for people doing the hot takes on Lou Williams because to me, well, he, no. Okay. I see, I see your, your hype. Boy. You're, you're hyped. Go ahead. Here's go the ahead. thing. Go ahead. The story dropped and it was like Lou Williams was, Lou Williams was at magic city, okay. super famous strip club in Atlanta yep. on his, like on his furlough or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, he immediately was like, no, 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 no. Like you guys got it twisted. Yeah. I step back mm-hmm. and I let the main, the lamestream media, the <laughs> lamestream NBA media, do their thing. Okay. The the talking heads, your Stephen A's, yep. your Kendrick Perkins, yep. your Max Kellermans, mm-hmm. out here, uh, you know this guy is irresponsible. He's putting everybody's health in danger. Yeah. Yada yada yada. Got to get out there, yeah. be the first one to have the hot take. I wanted to step back mm-hmm. because I said, thought to myself, there's something going on here. That's a little more to the story than him just hitting up the club. Yeah. So let's catch people up who might not be in the in the Twitter sphere like we are. <laughs> and as we try to catch people and reintroduce people back into the NBA life, the news and the is... Storyline. The storylines. Yes. So Lou Williams will have to quarantine for 10 days in Orlando after picking up food at Magic City on an excused absence. And this will sideline him through the first two seeding games for the Clippers. So Lou Will is missing two games, right? So here's the story. Lou Williams was granted permission. You're you're allowed to leave the bubble. You can get an excuse if there's a family emergency or something like that. So Lou Williams had a death in the family. So he returned back to Atlanta to go to the funeral. While he was back home in Atlanta, he went to Magic City. Um, While at Magic City, he was there with a friend, a rapper I'm not familiar with, but this guy posts a picture and quickly then deleted it. But as we know, that's too late, right? <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> the way that the interwebs work in 2020. Once it's there, we it's there. gotcha. Gotcha. So this was bubbling from last week, 
And I think that as it began to surface into, as you mentioned, the lamestream media, the NBA was then in a position where, okay, we kind of got to do something because the headline of Lou Williams being at a strip club while getting on an it's not good for business, right? So then you get into the hot takes and why some people hit me up because I was like, I'm not here for the hot takes on Lou Williams being at Magic City because first off, with the craziness that's going on with all this, Webby, there's got to be times where we just sit back and get to the jokes, right? 100%. This, firing them off. Quick. Yeah, this is funny. And even Lou Will said, <laughs> hey, like, it's not that serious. Just enjoy the memes, right? Even Lou Will said that. <laughs> but here, here's the thing, right? Magic City, we're in Canada, okay? The strip club culture in the U.S. is unlike anything <laughs> that we know in Canada. Different. It's different to say the least people actually go there to eat food i don't know about you but i can say i've never eaten at a strip club in my life and i'm not saying that i'm like a heavy strip club dude i go all the time or anything like that but i'm saying i've i don't even recall being at a strip club and seeing food much less you know going to a strip club and eating food right definitely not in canada and i've only been to one no 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 two in the states and no food yeah. was being served. So the culture of the strip club is just different in the States for sure. And this is where we get into the conversation of just reading past the headline, right? Like I remember one of my buddies telling me, cause he played D one ball in the States. People that watch wrap it up might know my boy Ola Foots. He told me about going to a bachelor party for one of his ex teammates in the States. And he was explaining to me like just how different it was. Like there was almost like a tailgate going on in the parking lot. Of people just like hanging out and chilling. And then you're bringing your cooler in because some of them are bring your own drinks. So it's just a completely thing. It's it's just different that we can't fathom. So Lou Will, on record, before any of this happened, right? Lou Will's already on record saying, hey, Magic City is one of my favorite restaurants to eat at in Atlanta. So to us, that sounds crazy, right? But yeah. to people in Atlanta, there are other people co-signing this, being like, no, the wings are fire. Like, the food is actually legit at Ma- Magic City. The wings that they posted the other <laughs> night, the, the picture of the wings, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it said Magic City Kitchen, mm-hmm. they looked fantastic. They did. They had lemon pepper. He had the lemon pepper going on in there, <laughs> which is like an Atlanta wing staple. So okay. you know that those are going to be fire. Yeah. He had another, he had like a breaded wing as well, and then he had what looked like like sweet Thai chili heat wings that just looked fantastic. Right? So this And crinkle fries. And the crinkle fries. And there's other people co-signing this, right? So if you go to Twitter, Roz Gold Unwoody, is that how you pronounce her last name? <laughs> I think. Oh, um, the... The reporter, sideline, sideline reporter. reporter for TNT. Um, she posted a video, an interview she did with Lou Will, in which Lou Will says, Magic City is my favorite restaurant in the world. It's part of our culture here, right? And that's him saying this before all this happens. So in his mind, he's going to pick up food. We think that when we hear strip club, that that means, oh, well, he's going, he's getting lap dances, he's making it rain, and and did he do that? I don't know. I wasn't there, right? I can't, I don't know what he was doing there. But, Another person backing up Lou Will's claim, Taylor Rooks, another NBA reporter, and she does very good work as well, but she says, as someone from Georgia, 
I guess it's not the right time for a dialogue on how good the food is at Magic City. So, again, this whole narrative is out there already. And, you know, I'm here for the jokes because I find this whole thing funny. The people that want to tear it down aren't thinking logically to me about it. Because here's the thing. The rules state that once you get excused from the bubble, as long as you're getting tested every day, when you come back, you have to quarantine for four days, right? Those four, are the rules. Yeah, I think it's four. He's getting tested every day. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if he went to Magic City, which, first off, it's open in Georgia. So how are you going to tell him not to go there or not to go anywhere? But if he went, like, you could, you're in Florida, <laughs> right? This bubble <laughs> is taking place in Florida. There are employees <laughs> in Florida at the bubble who are leaving and coming and going every and single back. day. So yeah. if Lou Will is wherever he's at and he's getting tested every day, what does it matter that he went to eat wings at Magic City? Exactly. Exactly. It's what's called optics. Yes. If he had gone to a McDonald's, if he had right? gone to a, my favorite town in the South is Bojangles. Okay. If he had gone to a Bojangles, the, he it would be four days. But because it's a strip club, it's ten. And the optics now, of I everyone having my, to say that, right? Yeah. Exactly. Now, I did my 60 Minutes investigative journalism on this. Okay. I went to the Magic City website <laughs> to check out the menu. Okay. All right? Okay. I had to explain it to the wife. Listen, I'm only on the Magic City website to see the menu. It's for research. Research uh, purposes for the pod. Research. And not only did their menu look amazing, but there's actually a Lou Williams special, which is like the the kind of wings that he had, that the, the picture was. Yeah. It was like that combo of wings with the fries. I listen. If you've got something named after you at a restaurant, you should be fine. Listen, if you you know if there's an Andrew Webster sandwich and I go and get it, I, I shouldn't have to quarantine for more than everybody else. But I think that it's true. I think that it's just the optics of having you know him being at the at the strip club. Yeah. You know that's what that's what killed him. Like if he had gone to a Popeyes, if he had gone to yeah. a McDonald's, he would have been fine. Cuz all these people like I saw there's a uh what's his name? Your man Steve Simmons was all about the NBA should ban him and kick him out and all and it's like, dude. Nobody listens to what Steve Simmons got to say. But it was, it was just like take 2 seconds as someone who's supposed to be a journalist and take a step yeah. back and and like think about this for a second, right? Like and another thing, okay? I'm going to tiptoe around how I say this because it might be too heavy for oh. some people, right? Okay, okay. If you're Lou Williams, a man that we know, right, from his exploits to girlfriends, <laughs> the life that Lou Williams leads, right? Uh, it's been well documented. Yes. If he needed to get into shenanigans when he went back to Atlanta, do you think that he would need to go to Magic City to do that? An Atlanta legend like Lou Williams would not have to go out in public to involve himself with those shenanigans. I'm sure there would be a. Lo I'm sure his phone. I'm sure if you just typed in Atlanta into Lou Williams' phone, you'd have a few hundred female names there that he could call. So my my point is right. If my guy's telling you that he went to get wings at this restaurant that happens to be a gentleman's club, like maybe listen to him. That's all. Now, is it right? I'm, is it right? No. 
but there's no need for the whole dialogue on like they should ban him and kick him out of the bubble he's threatening the health of the rest of the nba bubble no he's not he's getting tested so if he tested positive he wouldn't have come back to the bubble so it's, it's just ridiculous it's not like and it's not like he was it's not like lou said oh 10 days uh quarantine when i come back that's unacceptable he he said yeah no not a problem yeah not a problem Ten days, he misses two games, and people are like, oh, now he's harming the Clippers' playoff or the Clippers' championship chances. No, he's not. He's going to miss two games. I'm sure the Clippers, would they like to have Lou Will for those two games? I'm sure they would. But I think the Clippers are going to be okay without Lou Williams for two games. I don't think it's a big deal. And if we're really being serious, the deeper level of this whole narrative, if you remember, the only reason the Clippers are there is because they had a team vote. If we go back to when all this drama of was there going to be an NBA season or not, what were the players going to do, Lou Williams was one of the guys that didn't want or didn't sound as if he wanted, right. he was enthused about going into the bubble. He was bringing mm-hmm. up things like, you know, they sent out the manual in terms of what NBA players were, the do's and don'ts within the bubble. And one of the things was you can't play doubles ping pong. And Lou Will's reaction was, wait. So we can't play doubles ping pong, but we can play basketball. But we're playing, yeah, we're playing NBA games. So the people who don't know, what the Clippers ended up doing is they voted as a team. Because instead of, you know, we know there's a bunch of players who opted out of the NBA return to play. But the Clippers decided, we're not going to do that. We're either all going to go or none of us are going to go. So they held a team Mm -hmm. vote and obviously the majority was to go to the bubble. So to me, that's another layer of this whole discussion. And to me, that's probably the more interesting level of this discussion. But how many people are actually here to have that? Right? You know, the thought of, well, maybe these guys don't want to be there. Is it a coincidence that Pat Bev, the guy who said, well, if LeBron's going, then we're all going. And magically, he got exempted to leave the bubble early on Mm -hmm. as well. Montrez also like you can kind of see I was just going to bring that up yeah so do you know what I'm getting at here Webby like there's a more interesting dialogue about the bubble and about what these play-in games are before the playoffs and the NBA in general more so than my guy went to the Magic City to get wings and and it's absolutely like a great segue because the NBA is unlike any other league Mm -hmm. in that it is so top heavy yeah and as soon as LeBron James says, I want to play, you knew that this was going to get done. For sure. As soon as Chris Paul said, I want to play, mm-hmm. it was going to get done. There's a reason that this whole bubble started around a phone call with only, what, 30, 35 guys? I, I don't even know because if it was that that's many, where the, the stars, yeah. But that's where the power structure is in the NBA. If those guys want to do it, then guys like Lou Will, guys like Pat Bev, guys like Montrez Harrell, they're going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Other, It's that or the whole team is staying back. Yeah. But the, this league is run by, like I say, maybe 15, 20 guys. And is that good? You can make cases that it's that that's the way it should be. And you can make cases that say that's not really that fair. But that's the way it is in the NBA. No, I totally agree with you, my dude. It's such a weird dialogue. And then you have a situation where Kendrick Perkins, who... <laughs> He's trying to make his way into the media game, right? He has been for a while. He has been. And the player transition, we've seen different avenues, right? We've seen it work Mm -hmm. where, you know, minus the massive 
gaffe that Steven, uh, Steven Jackson just recently made where co-signing the terrible comments of, uh, of Deshaun? Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. But prior to that, um, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, you've seen them build a podcast, right? You've seen mm-hmm. uh, the Knuckleheads podcast with Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson. So you've seen... It really all starts from Charles Barkley. For sure. And the transition that Barkley made from being an outspoken player mm-hmm. to being the most outspoken NBA analyst. And has gotten in trouble mm-hmm. with some players, former players and current players. Yeah. So you have this, like, there's two routes you could go, right? Are you trying to go the mainstream route where you're on ESPN every day or whatever? Or are you going the, the podcast route where you can kind of be a little Keep more free? Real. Exactly, yes. So Perk has been trying to, to make it within the mainstream, and he's on ESPN. And he's caused some some head waves before with some things he said about Kevin Durant, some things he said about different players in the league. And this time... He said on Get Up, he went on talking about uh, what just happened with Lou Will, and he said, I've been to Magic City, and the wings are fire. But in all seriousness, Lou Williams has to do better. Then says, it's disturbing when a rookie in Zion Williamson can act more mature than NBA vet Lou Williams. Mr. Andrew Webster, what is your response to Perk here? Because to me, this is exactly what I'm talking about, where... You're taking this and making this into a hot take, and I get it. That's the hot take culture of what you know the news cycle of ESPN is. But to me, it's also pretty dumb. But what do you think when you hear Kendrick Perkins say that? It's more disturb. It's disturbing when a rookie in Zion can act more mature than NBA vet Lou Williams. It's another example of Kendrick Perkins going out on a limb, one way or the other, to try and make a name for himself in the media. Yeah. Is what I think, and. It's not the first time, because Lou Williams called his ass right out. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. And and it wasn't the first time that that's happened to Perk, Mm -hmm. and it certainly won't be the last time. But it seems like every time he does do this, he takes a huge L by getting roasted by whoever he's talking about. It was KD first, I think, and it's happened a couple of times. And he just doesn't have, like, he thinks that he has the respect of somebody like a Kenny Smith or a Charles or Shaq, and he just doesn't. Yeah. Like now, whether that's because he was a bit of a stiff in the NBA and got clowned on a bunch of times mm-hmm. during games, or if it's just because his career uh, ended pretty like recently, yeah. right? He hasn't been out of the league for super long, yeah. um, and that it's the mainstream, uh, the lamestream <laughs> NBA media that he's working for. It's yeah. not like he's keeping it real like Matt Barnes or Darius Miles or those guys mm-hmm. who seem to have a little more street cred because of their medium mm-hmm. of how they're talking about the game. Um, and they also have I, their accountable because they have players on with them. On. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where as Perk is like a guest on Get Up or he's a guest on uh, Max Kellerman mm-hmm. and – uh, and Stephen A. Yeah, first take. Yeah. Um, first take. There it is. Like it's like he wants to be the next top big NBA talking head, and you could see this like two years ago when he started talking some junk about KD. It's like, oh, we all see what you're trying to do, yeah. Kendrick. And I think you're 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 bang on there, right? It's it's super transparent in certain terms of oh, this is gonna get clicks. This is going to be yeah. like the Instagram soundbite that I can go out here and say this and this is going to cause a stir. And to me, that's a big problem, right? Because it's not genuine. 
And it's one thing to hear, and in this era where, you know, well, we're doing a basketball podcast, right? So in this era where literally anyone can have a voice, to me it's super important that you say things that you would say to the person, right? right. Or and you wouldn't to have. be authentic. Yeah. And if that's how authenticity you is super important. And you can make jokes, and I'm sure there's things that I've said here where we're throwing things out there and hey, this person's trash and we say whatever. And we try to like joke around about it, but we're we're, you know, we're also just dudes on a podcast, right? There's a difference between that and I think you sitting in a suit and tie on ESPN and having that platform to where people respect what you're saying in terms of actually being an authority, right? The yeah. podcast game and all that is people coming as fans. Um, even hearing the, the former athletes, that's like their perspective. To me, there's yeah. no way that you think Zion is acting more mature than Lou Will because you have no idea what Zion did when he left the bubble. You have no idea. Exactly. The only reason we know what Lou Williams is because there's a picture of it. So you can't make that comment, right? Like that comment makes no sense to me. It's irrelevant. And again, you don't even know why Zion left the bubble. You don't know what Zion was doing when he was outside the bubble. You don't know what Lou Williams was doing when he was outside the bubble. There's all these things that just make it dumb, but you pointed out Lou Will was not here for Perk's comments. And Lou Will went right to Twitter because he quote tweeted Perk sent out the video of himself saying that on GetUp, to which Lou Will responded with, 15 years in the business and the most dirt you have on my name is stopping to get hot wings during a pandemic. Perk, shut up and stop laughing and saying it's just TV when you run into me too. Yeah, see, that's the big one, right? Mm -hmm. It's that these guys are saying they're not that they're calling they're not calling him out on his comments. They're calling him out on the hypocrisy of him basically going on TV and saying one thing to get clicks, to get retweeted, and then when they see them in real life, oh, it's all good. It was all good just a week ago. Exactly. Well, what's what's the one of the the catchphrases, let's say, of probably 2019, 2018, keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. And so that's kind of the thing here where everybody knows what Perk's move is here, and that's where it becomes disingenuous, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's not that serious. Free country. I really don't think it's yeah. that serious uh, because the bigger issue is, hey, you know what's dumb? You might think it's dumb going to get wings at a strip club. You know what else is dumb? Playing basketball in Florida in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> and that's it, right? right so. That's exactly... What, where's the maturity? Where's the dumbness level stop? I mean, that's exactly it. So Lou Will, to round this out, Lou Will went on Twitter and he said, but I digress. I went home to see a man off to his final resting place that was a giant in my life. I don't want that to get lost in all this attention. So again, long live the great Paul Williams Sr. Back to my quarantine so I can join the guy soon. Peace. Shouts to Lou Will, man. There's no sides to be on here, but like in general, NBA owners, billion dollar NBA owners, million dollar NBA players are still out here trying to make money. Am I going to knock Magic City for being open and trying to make money the exact same way during the pandemic? Hell no. Am I going to throw dirt on the employees at Magic City that are just trying to make some money during the pandemic? That are trying to live? Yeah, hell no. no. But what I am going to do is, in the thing that's super serious, 
if there's an opportunity to get some jokes off and laugh, as Lou Will said, enjoy the memes. It's not that serious. Bang. Enjoy the memes. Let's That's move on. It. And in moving on, Webby, there are scrimmages. Scrimmages happen. And how much have you enjoyed just seeing basketball out there, but also the difference now, because obviously there's no crowd, but how are you enjoying the scrimmages and seeing basketball so far? Is there anything that stood out to you the most, just in terms from the gameplay standpoint? I think that the court and the camera angles are incredible. Yeah. The court is unbelievable. Mm. When I saw it, I got chills. Yeah. I got chills just looking at the court. Yeah. And then the new camera angles are so sick. I know it was a really small little clip, but did you see the pass, the crazy Chris, Chris Paul, Paul pass? pass? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, it took me four or five watches to figure out if it was real yeah. or if it was from 2K. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just some of these are like... I think that the production level, the production level in the NBA has always been top notch. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe just a little bit lower than football in what they do with the cameras, yeah. but it's been amazing. Yeah. But I think that this bubble mm -hmm. and having no fans is really going to um, uh, maybe like knock down new doors in terms of what it is to watch a basketball game on TV. Yeah. And for us at home, that's huge. For sure. uh, the other thing is now this is more of a soccer thing. Mm -hmm. Because the MLS was back. Yep. And what was driving me nuts was I'm watching this game, and basically half the game is silence. Because these guys are swearing, mm -hmm. but the broadcast doesn't want to air any swears, and so they're like basically blanking it out. And it just, I hated it. Yeah. I hated it, I hated it, I hated it. Yeah. And I guess what they're doing in the NBA is it's like a 10-second delay. Yeah. But it's for me, it's like, man... Just let these guys swear. Let them be who they are. That's, uh, in the NBA, what we love, and we've been talking about it now, is we love the access. We love to find out who these guys are. Mm -hmm. We love... Uh, people swear, man. I, and these games are so late at night. It, just let them swear. I, I don't understand it. And to me, the, the thing is to... You're not hiding anything. Like, I get that kids are going to hear swear words, but, like... It's not that big of a deal. Like, I just don't think that in 2020, hearing someone say, get the F out of here, get the fuck out of here, I just censored myself for some reason. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's not that big of a deal. But if the odd F-bomb slips, it shouldn't be a big deal. It's not the end of the it's world. It's not the end of the man. world. I get it. it. It's weird. There's bigger things going on. Um, but in terms of the bigger things going on, maybe one of the things we should bring up is, you know, the huge Black Lives Matter on the court. Um, you know, I was kind of worried, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't think sports should come back. But one of the things mm -hmm. I was super interested to see was how they would handle all of these things as you come back. Right. And we've seen the names that are on the back of the jersey, which has become kind of a debate, which whatever, like what did you expect yeah. the NBA to do? They're not going to let you put anything on the back of your jersey, yeah. but there has to be a line. And somewhere. if you don't want, to, the other one is if you don't want to put anything on the back of their jersey, you're going to be in trouble too. Because I thought that yeah. was, I thought Jimmy Butler's yeah. thing about that was 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 a great idea, yep. and I was really surprised that the NBA was like, "Nah, you can't do that." Yeah, I thought I, I agree with you too. I thought that was super interesting, and you know, just all these things that they're trying to come up with. I was kind of worried, okay, cool, you're going to wear that on your jersey, whatever. Okay, cool, it's going to be yeah. on the court, whatever. But I want to give the NBA player, well, first off, the biggest shouts I want to give to the WNBA, 
which doesn't get enough love for the the work no. that they do for social justice and not even just race relations but obviously you know equality gender, gender equality yeah. and all that like huge shouts to them and they all walked off the court for the national anthem and yeah. that to me is the next level thing because it's like oh well now everyone's kneeling no 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 we're not going to get this misconstrued again and think like, oh, now everyone wants to kneel and think like this is okay or this is like the trend. No, no, no. We're going to remind you that this is an actual issue. We're going to up it a notch. No, we need yeah. to change what's happening in America right now. And we're going to up the ante and not even be here for when the national anthem is on. And I thought that was a powerful moment to see them do that in unison when those first games happened over the weekend. So I wanted to mention that and give a huge shout to the WNBA because... They don't 100%. get enough love on a lot of different levels, but in this moment, definitely they need to be at the forefront for the great work that they're doing. But when I bring it back to the NBA, okay, I want to give credit to the guys so far who have used their media availability to just answer every question by, by mentioning whether it's Breonna Taylor or mentioning yeah. just racial injustice and saying, hey, this is how I'm going to answer every single question. So whatever you guys ask, yeah. I think I, I, Tobias Harris, I know, was one of the first people to do it. But Mike Scott, it's, it's like all the Sixers are doing and it, I, and, and I, I couldn't be prouder. Right? Couldn't be more proud of that team. Because to me, that's the thing where it's, okay, we're all going to play, but we're not going to let you the world forget, forget about, about it. it. Exactly. Yeah. And then you put the onus on the NBA and the NBA's partners and the media companies. And the owners. But but the I'm saying the media companies to air that. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that's the other part of it. Yes, we're all going to come back and play basketball. Yes, the media companies are going to get all these ratings. But are you going to stop talking about the message that these guys are trying to put forth? And I thought that was very powerful. I thought that was very important. And I hope it continues. LeBron had a full, like, 15-minute yeah. Uh, just answer to which he was going through everything to deal with the, you know, Breonna Taylor and, you know, just being black in America and what that means. And, and so the conversation isn't stopping. And that was one of the things I'll be honest, I was kind of worried might happen when they came back to play. And so I'm happy to see that it, the conversation hasn't stopped and I hope that continues. But for you, Webby, like what has it been to kind of see those things continue? And you mentioned your Sixers and as a Sixers fan, you're kind of proud of seeing that. Absolutely. Every time I see it pop up on my timeline, I always retweet it because mm -hmm. those guys are, like you say, like they're using all their media availability to make sure that people don't forget about that. Now, we also talked a little bit ago about how the NBA is so top heavy mm -hmm. and to see the superstars, uh, like you say, um, make sure that people don't forget yeah. is huge. So when LeBron James talks about it, when Chris Paul talks about it, when Giannis talks about it, yeah. that's huge. Uh, not just for the league, but like you say, for the media. Because if it's just, you know, say the third guy off your bench, if it's your 12th man, if it's your 11th man, there's a way that ESPN or ABC can mm, skirt around it. Yeah. But if it's LeBron saying it, nobody's going to uh, skirt around that. Yeah. It's going to be out there, and that's 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 amazing that's what it's got to be yeah and, and huge props to the nba again because it's just such a great league in the terms of the players do have a voice right and the players do yeah. seem to take charge on certain things and the league doesn't really hold them back right the league allows them to say what's on their minds and you know huge shouts to that and just as proud as we are to follow a league that we can like have fun and joke around about certain things when it goes the other way 
right? That's a, a big part too because, again, the Lou Williams uh, Magic City thing is getting all the headlines, but when Lou Williams beforehand was talking about, hey, if we come back to play basketball, that's a distraction. He was arguing with t- people on Twitter who were going at him saying, oh, you just, just say you don't want to come back and play. And his response was, no, no, no. When you guys stop protesting and we're playing games and some people change their attention from the protests to playing games and hey cnn and all these places have already changed their focus from the protests right they're not showing the protests nearly as much as they were before right so that's already happened before the nba came back came back yeah again if they are they're showing it because uh, windows are getting broken or uh federal agents are rounding people up in portland but they're not covering the reason that why people are still out on the streets why people are still wanting to get their voices heard mm-hmm. and the black lives matter message for it's, sure we talked about this yeah we talked about this a and couple this, of months ago and this is what i'm saying though right like when lou will becomes a focal point because of the magic city thing and i'm sitting here watching yeah. it and i'm like oh so y'all weren't really paying attention when he was saying when we come back to play these stupid storylines become headlines again and yep. it takes away from what's really going on. And now look, we spent three days talking about Lou Will being at Magic City, with, proving his point that all these things become yeah. a distraction exactly. from what's actually we should be talking about in the world. So again, huge shouts to the NBA. And yeah, you mentioned the camera angles. Camera angles were good. But another really <laughs> cool thing about uh, what they're doing is with the fans. So I don't know if you've seen this. This is from Kevin O'Connor, who works for The Ringer, great reporter uh, for K-O-C's. The Ringer. Yeah. Uh, he says the NBA will have fans appear virtually on video boards surrounding the court live during games. The home team will okay. choose 300 fans per game. Player families can be on it too. He said, I saw a demoed version of it today and it's honestly pretty cool and super innovative. It will be during the seating games. So these virtual fans will watch games on a feed with no delay. So from a technical standpoint, their reactions will be captured live without latency as they're shown in the arena. Audio will also be used to enable, though it's unclear for how long. Then adds, it all feels straight out of Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. But that's pretty uh, cool. Speaking, speaking about that Black Mirror, I was watching, again, like I was watching the the soccer, just because it was on, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Phil, my Philly Union were playing. Hey. And they had they have the two big scoreboards on either end of the soccer field, yeah. and they... They have just one big fan, yeah. and somebody on Twitter was like, it's like watching a supervillain in a Marvel movie uh, demand $100 million for, or he's going to destroy New York. It was just one fan. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, imagine yeah. this, just like looking over the thing. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. But pretty yeah, good. this virtual thing sounds awesome. Right? That sounds pretty cool. And, you know, we get to the games. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the games now, right? So um, we know, okay, the sports side of it, who will make the playoffs? So the other part is to remember there's a play-in game. So basically all the teams that are battling for the eighth spot, you have the eight games, but if you come within four games of the eighth seed, there's going to be a play-in tournament, right? So we really know that this is meant for the teams in the West, for right? The, West. the East, who cares? And it doesn't <laughs> even really happen matter. in the West. Yeah. It doesn't even really matter. Like who cares about the, about the wizards and, and, uh, and the Nets, the other than I'm here to watch Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley cook, why not? <laughs> like, 100%. Why not? 100%. But let's stick to the West. You're right? not here for Rui Hachimura? No. 
Can't say that I am. Can't say that I am. Um, But in the West, okay, you have the Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns. Of those teams, who do you think will make the eighth seed in the West? So of those five teams, only one is going to make that eighth seed. Yes. Give me those teams again. The Pelicans. Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, Suns. Suns. Now, and this is assuming that think, the Mavs. I think a lot of people. This is assuming the Mavs don't shit the bed and like fall back down, right? But right. in theory, yes. Which I don't think they're going to. I the Mavs look. Ooh, Boban looks. Ooh, <laughs> Boban. Um, Boban. Um, of those five, now you'd think that you'd say the Pelicans are the grist, just because of the the star power of Zion and Ja. But you know what? I say the Suns. Oh. Okay. I really do. I, I think Aiton, Aiton when he wasn't suspended for uh, for PEDs, yeah. was was awesome. Was awesome. He's getting better, and, yeah. And if Booker can catch fire, I think that the Suns could be one of those teams that, uh, again, can make it in. Because the thing is with the Blazers, I, I know the Blazers, Everybody, they're, everybody's like darling right mm-hmm. now to get that eight spot. But the injury stuff with Dame, that worries me a little. Okay. The, I think it's a foot. Yep. But last time I checked, you have to be on two feet to play basketball. <laughs> Tough to be on one foot. Now, if they don't have him, that's still a good team. Yeah. But even if he's dinged up a little bit. So I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to say the Suns. So the Suns are interesting, right? And I think that the one thing that's interesting to me about the Suns is they're – there's a camp in terms of people talking about the NBA coming back that really says that they think this is going to favor younger teams, right? Because they're just going to go out and play. The The rest and recovery isn't Young as legs. big of a Right? So to me, that it's kind of interesting. And, and young legs, it makes sense. And when you're talking about Dame who might be banged up, but then they're relying on Mello, right? Mello's going to now play the three. Skinny Mellow is here to play the three. Skinny Mellow. Skinny Mellow is here. And I don't know. I watched the Blazers the other day, and it was Dame, CJ, Mellow, Zach Collins, and Nurkic. And then yeah, you're I'm looking Nurkic at that squad, back. and I'm just like, yo, I don't know if I'm the Lakers. I want to play that squad. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if that, they better hope the Blazers don't get the eighth seed. That's all I'm saying. That's not a team that I want to play in the playoff series. And especially if you don't have Avery Bradley to run around and try to like disrupt Dame to lock, right? Yeah. Like you're relying on Jr. and Caruso now to try to guard Dame and CJ. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, Dion Waiters. Don't forget and about Dion, Dion Waiters. <laughs> How could I forget about Dion Waiters? You're right. But do you know what I mean? I'm, I like I get the hoopla and everyone's talking about everyone's talking about the Blazers, but like. That's real. That's a legit starting lineup, and I wouldn't want to play them at all in a playoff series. So the Lakers better hope they don't get the eighth seed. I think if the Pels get it, the Pels are still too young. I don't think they're ready. They're, they might. Yeah. They'll give them a fight, yeah. but I don't think they're ready. They're not ready to like take down LeBron. I even think that even if the Blazers get in, it won't. It won't matter much. I think no. that the hey. I, the the Lakers size. I think the Lakers size is. Being way underrated in this mm-hmm. return, yeah. um, ha- being able to put out guys like I, okay, again, 
Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, and Anthony Davis. Being able to cycle through those three uh, big guys, that's, that's, uh, I know Nurkic is awesome, and I know yeah. having him back is huge for the Blazers, but the Blazers won't be able to, to handle those three guys. I just don't yeah. think. And I mean, it's weird, right? Like Whiteside now coming off the bench. Like that's just depth. But Whiteside jank. No, jank. no, no. But Get I'm just saying, Whiteside coming off your bench. If Whiteside's your first big off the bench, that's not bad for your team, right? That's all I'm saying. So, if I go with the Blazers, you go with the Suns. One of these things, people message us. Let us know what you think. Who's going to make that eighth yeah. seed in the West for sure? We said we don't really care who makes the eighth seed in the East because it doesn't really matter, right? Not going to matter. But another way I wanted to look at this, Webby, is which team is going to make some noise here in terms of a surprise team? Not saying they're going to win the chip, not saying they're going to make the finals, but who's going to be a surprise team that, let's say, you know, even if I say the Blazers can make the playoffs and make a little bit of a make some noise, but like who can win a round or just a team that maybe struggled during the season and then this restart happens and you're like, oh shit. This team is for real. They're, they can make a run here. I know you're expecting me to say the Philadelphia 76ers. And I, I really I, think that they... I definitely am. It doesn't matter where they finish. I think they are going to win a first-round playoff. I pray that they get the Celtics okay. in the first round. Uh, because I think the Celtics are destined to not perform as well as they were during the regular season. Because okay. Kemba Walker and that knee is a, certainly a big, big issue. Uh, if they don't have him, it could be uh, it could be curtains. Yeah. So I'd love for the Sixers to get them in the first round because I think that that's a good uh, series that you could take advantage of. Yeah. Uh, but the team that I'm saying, and I know it's like I feel like a Rod during the during baseball when they were like a Rod, uh, give me a sleeper team. Yeah. And he was like mm, the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. It was like their pick to win the division. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the Denver Nuggets. Oh. Okay. Um, you talk about the scrimmage, the some of the scrimmage uh, action that I have seen has been the Nuggets and Jokic and Bull Bull. Yeah, what is going um, on there? The Wu Tang <laughs> and Shaolin together could be dangerous. Yeah, like uh, Bull Bull. First of all, saw him like block somebody, hit a three, take a full court Jokic pass, and have this like nasty little like hook in the lane. Yeah. I was like, this could be, that could be a team. I know we say it kind of every year with the Nuggets, like, this is their year. They have the horses. They could do it. I really think that uh, if you want to talk about young legs uh, and then having a guy who seems to have completely transformed his body coming into this, um, coming into this bubble, it's Jokic. And they could be a very, very, very tough out. And it wouldn't shock me to see them in the conference finals. Yeah, I mean, that's a really nice team there. And it it, it reminds me, in a sense, of the Raptors. Just in terms of, mm-hmm. yes, Jokic gets the headlines. But is he really the guy like, yo, give you're going to give him the ball and he's going to win you the game? I don't know. But when you talk of the collective, right, that's a team definitely that, can give you a lot of trouble and you wouldn't be that shocked if they made a deep run because they have the pieces and they have the depth where they can put out so many different lineups. Like you're putting out like the supersized lineups that they were putting out in the scrimmages where they're, they're just rolling with all big guys. 
Like, that's insane. It's, it's like the opposite of the Rockets. Yeah. Going with all the small guys. They had Jokic running the point. Like, it was just insane some of the lineups that they were able to put out there. It's a really solid team. And, you know, I, I like that pick that you made because, to me, it's also the reminder that we should put out there that anything is possible in this bubble here, right? Like, there's so many different things that could happen in terms of injuries, in terms of COVID outbreaks, in terms of anything that you really don't know what could possibly happen to another team that, you know, you could get a surprise where the Nuggets make the finals or the Jazz make the finals or, you know, the Sixers make the finals. Like, anything is really possible in this situation because it's something that we've never seen before. And when you remove the home court advantage, right, like, you remember, if we go back to that Raptors uh philly series last year right and i'm not talking about the end and how it ended i'm talking about the importance of no 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 but follow me the importance of home court we saw oh, yeah. how fired up joel Embiid was in that home court with ai and meek yep. mill in the front row and he's hyping up yeah. the crowd like that stuff matters right but on the For flip sure. side Kawhi being able to go in there in game four and say i'm gonna win this game yeah that also matters so how does that play in now when home court isn't really a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, do role players just play good all the time? Right? Like, who knows? And that's the crux. Well, think about think about the Sixers who had a historical disparity between their home record and their road record. Yeah. Like, they were almost unbeatable at home. Yeah. And they were lower than average. Yeah. They were lower than below average on the road. Yeah. What does this mean for that team? Like, is every game going to be like a home game? Or is every game going to be like an away game it's so we have no idea we've never been in this situation before yeah it's super strange i have no idea at all and it's going to be fun and that's what's going to make it fun right like for all the complaints of my complaints about sports being back and basketballs being back the the fun of this is at the end of the day we have no idea what's going to happen but with that now one more thing no go on go on oh i got one for you okay because the other thing that we found out was that the NBA MVP award Ooh. is going to be awarded just from the games before the yes. uh, break. Mm-hmm. So who do you got, LeBron or Giannis? It's a tough one. It's a very, very tough one. But I think I got to go LeBron. I, and the th- I agree. The thing is, right, here, here's the thing. Giannis won last year, right? But the storyline of the Lakers returning to prominence and the fact that everyone was anticipating, okay, so now they got Anthony Davis and how's he going to fit in? Is it going to be his team? Is LeBron going to take a backseat and kind of force feed Anthony Davis and kind of play a supplementary role to AD? And it's like, no, it's still LeBron's show. He's running the yard. He's, you know... They won the big games against the Bucks and against the Clippers, which I think matters. It has to matter for something. And the West is just a bigger gauntlet than the East. I'm not saying the East isn't good, because I think the East has supremely improved. But in terms of Giannis, they're running through the league and winning by crazy numbers. Don't want to take anything away from that. But one thing we do know about the NBA is that it's about storylines. And the storyline of LeBron coming back and dominating this season and having the Lakers in the position to where they're first in the West and doing it the way that he's doing it at this age, that to me is incredible. 
when you think about what this man's doing at his age, that's where it's like, yo, you got to give this man the MVP just for just for the sake of where he's at now. Because Giannis can win another one. He can maybe win two more after that or whatever. But what LeBron is doing at this stage of his career, I don't think we've ever seen before. So to me, I'm a, I'm a sucker. I'll fall for the storyline. I'm giving it to LeBron. We always talk about it. The NBA is a league of narratives. Mm-hmm. And we are in unprecedented times with this season. Yeah. They're going to give this MVP to LeBron James. Yeah. I don't see how they can. Yeah. Uh, with the return happening and the leadership role that he's taken on, I think that this MVP is way more than just points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game. I think it's about being the face of the league mm-hmm. and being the face of this return. And I think that, yeah, uh, Greybeard LeBron is going to win the MVP. <laughs> it is super weird to see Greybeard LeBron, though, right? Hey, listen, there's, I, I was talking to our old, uh, our old uh, uh, co-worker, Brian Hastings. Shout out to Hastings. Hastings. He po- because he posted, a, a, like, look at, the, look at the gray in LeBron's beard. And I said, <laughs> listen, young, listen, young blood. There's a couple of us who have a couple of us over 35 right. who's got some gray in our beard. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to compare myself to LeBron, yeah. but I'm just saying we both take care of business. We both have gray in the beard. So let's Listen, man. Let's ease up on the old guys. I mean, again, for what LeBron James is doing in what? What is this? He's 35 years old and my guy is putting Eight. up 25 Eight <laughs> He's putting up 25.7 points per game, 8 rebounds. 10 assists, leading the league in assists. Yeah, exactly. Like, what? That doesn't make sense. And I get Giannis's numbers are off the charts. The Bucks are running over the NBA. I totally get it. But at the end of the day, I'm giving it to LeBron. It's a narrative MVP. It's, it's going to be a narrative MVP. It's a narrative MVP. I'm giving it to LeBron, and I'm okay with that because this might be the last year that we see him play at this level, even though we've been saying that for the past four know, years. Right, maybe. <laughs> but here maybe. we are. But with that said, Webby, that leads us to Vegas saying uh-huh. the Lakers are the favorites to win the championship, followed by Milwaukee and then the Clippers. So I want to ask you, not only we'll start with first question, what is the finals matchup? Do you think, and who is going to win the NBA Finals? I, I I hate to do this, as we've talked about. Like we're in a situation we've never seen yeah. before. Uh, this could anything could happen. It could be Denver and Philly in the championship. No, no, no. Uh, the finals is going to be the Lakers and the Bucks. Oh, okay. That's okay. This was, listen. What does Jalen say? Got to give the people what they want. Okay. That's what the people want. I like to, any other any other finals matchup would be great, mm-hmm. but the Bucks with Giannis against LeBron and the Lakers, the old school against the new school, that's what I want to see. I know it's chalk, but that's what I'm going with. Hey, I'm not mad at you. I I, I definitely would not be mad at that NBA finals at all. LeBron versus Giannis, who's not here to watch that? Like that would just be incredible. Um I'm going to say this, and as you just mentioned, right, we've been talking about I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be super weird. I have no idea who's coming out of the East. I really don't. Like, I, I, could, I could try to say, yo, I'll, I'll just take Giannis just because, but I have no idea. Like, if the Celtics made it, I wouldn't be shocked. If the Sixers made it, I wouldn't be shocked. If the Raptors made it, I wouldn't be shocked. If the Bucks made it, I wouldn't be shocked. And that, to me, is just weird. But what I will say is... 
I think the Los Angeles Clippers are going to win the NBA title. And here's the thing. First off, the only thing I hope to come out of this bubble is we get a seven-game series between the Lakers and Clippers. Right? We need that. That's what the streets need. Okay? Please. (laughs) That's what we need. Please. That's what we need. And before everything that went down heading into the season, right, I was on the Lakers train over the Clippers because I kind of wondered, you know, I just think if LeBron and AD just go to bully ball, how does any team stop that? But a few Mm -hmm. things have happened since that have forced me to reconsider. One is Rondo was out for a little while. Not really sure when Rondo's coming back. The other thing is Avery Bradley. Sorry, the reason why Rondo was super important because he's a vet. You know that he's not shrinking in the moment. You can say whatever you want. Playoff Rondo and playoff Rondo. You never know when we're going to see him. Exactly. But also Avery Bradley being out. Avery Bradley deciding that he was not going to participate for family reasons. Right? That's a big loss for the Lakers. And now you add in J.R. Smith, who, I mean, his history is, we know the J.R. Smith, the J.R. Smith experience. You're just adding that to a Lakers team. And I just think that against the Clippers, the margin of error isn't a lot. And you're adding in J.R. Smith. And now J.R. Smith is going to be the one that's supposed to be trying to chase around Kawhi or Paul George or Lou Williams. I don't know. Like J.R. Caruso, like Caldwell Kuzma. Pope, right? Like that's who's going to match up against Paul George, Kawhi, and Lou Kawhi. Will. I, I don't know how that works. Then the other thing is the Clippers adding Joe Kim Noah is just depth. That's a, a low-key mm, move. I forgot about that. That is just mm. depth. And that's a gamer. That's a dude who's not afraid of LeBron, right? He doesn't we, give up. We don't even know if he can run. But just having him on the bench to get in LeBron's head. But hold on. That would be enough. With Zubach, Zubach, Montrez, how many minutes do you really need from Noah? You just need him to come in and be a bully for a bit, right? Yeah, like, talk a little bit of trash. Exactly. Use up your fouls, hard foul LeBron in the paint. Like, Noah's just there to be a bully. That is a great, great, yeah. great pickup. But oh, I forgot about that. That's a yeah, big that's one. A good point. So now you add in that, and the Clippers' depth, just when you look at that roster, and you're telling me you're going out there with scoring from PG, Kawhi, Lou Will, Montrez, then you have Goons, whatever Morris twin it is that's on that team. Beverly. Pat yeah, Beverly, Beverly, right? You're, tell, you're telling me you have Noah. They just have good role players. Everything is yeah. there. And what we've seen They're complete. with They're Kawhi, complete. We saw that last year. When you give Kawhi a complete team around him, you know when the chips are down, give that man the ball, get out of his yeah. way. I don't. I just don't know how the Clippers lose. That's the thing. And LeBron, coaching, Le- coaching too. Doc, Doc's a solid coach. Doc has been there, right? But like you, you, you think about it, and you look at the the Clippers team, and you match them up against the Lakers team. The Clippers got that depth, man, and I don't know how. Yeah. If, if you can say, how do you stop AD but and LeBron inside? How do you stop listen, all the Clippers perimeter guys? You might be, and you're right. Listen, 1 to 12 mm-hmm. Clippers for sure. Yeah. But you're forgetting something with the Lakers. They have LeBron. <laughs> it's true. They have LeBron. Hey. And we've seen him drag worse teams sure. than the Lakers are right now for sure. to the finals. Hey, 
Vegas has made a lot of money on people counting out LeBron James for the past how many That's years, it. right? So That's I hear you. And either way, I'm excited to see it all go down. Uh, the games oh. get started. We get to see Lakers Clippers Thursday, Thursday night right away. It's like two nights, <laughs> right? two sleeps. Lakers Clippers, let's go. Fired up. Yeah. Of course, the Clippers will be without Lou Will, but whatever. The rest of the, the squad will be there and ready. And you know what? As mentioned, I can't wait. As much as I don't think they should be playing, as much as, you know, as crazy the past four months has been, if you tell me the Lakers and Clippers are playing on TV <laughs> in the park, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to find my way to that park and watch. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me it's going to be on TV? Boom, I'm there. So. Yeah, yep. great to have the NBA back and great to talk to you about the NBA yes. because it's the league that we love and we miss so much. But as always, we close out the Ball on Blast podcast with something that we call the On Blast, or sorry, the Ask On Blast segment where Ask On Blast, we just talk about any and everything. It's kind of our little pop culture treat. And we've been in quarantine for the four months and I would say, you could argue, but one of the best uh, entities, let's say, to come out of the quarantine might be the versus battles. Oh. We've seen them start out on Instagram Live only, and now it's made its way to Apple Music, Apple TV. It's gotten big time, right? It's gotten big yeah, time. Yeah, it went from literally like people not being able to figure out their webcams to I thought that Snoop and DMX were in the same room. Right? So first, I'll start here. How much have you enjoyed these versus battles. How awesome has the revelation been that is these versus battles? I can't believe that it took us this long to figure out that this would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Like, how many just arguments have you gotten in with your friends about, oh, who's got a better catalog? Yo, who's who's nicer? Like, who's got better beats? Who's had bigger hits? Like, and you just spend hours like, oh, man, wouldn't it be sweet if, like, Riza and Premier could like have a song off, <laughs> and not only that, but here's some of the stories behind these songs that we've like grew up with and stuff. Like, I don't know why it took us this long, but I'm so happy that we're here, and I think that we need more. I want more. I agree, and I'm glad that you know Swizz and Timbo have been able to turn this into something that looks like it'll yeah. continue, right? And I think it's so cool because it's you know we're still calling it versus battles, but. It is cool that it went from being a battle, per se, to more a celebration of the culture. Exactly. And that has been so cool because there's been so many cool matchups and we forget now, but like Boy Wanda versus Hit Boy early on was dope. Um, Yeah. Right? Like there's been so many. Scott Storch, Manny Fresh at the beginning was great. Huge. Uh, It was huge. The memes that... Even the R&B ones were so good. I was going to say Teddy Riley, right? And Babyface, <laughs> the memes from Teddy Riley. It was wild. Incredible. RZA versus DJ Premier, you touched on that. That was incredible. That was I mean, like hip-hop that, music, our childhood at its core. Exactly. Like Exactly. Incredible. What is there one that stands out to you the most? Do you have a favorite one? Is it RZA? It's got to be it's it's got to be that one just because of how important those two guys and the music that they made were to me when I was young. Yeah. That it was like literally walking in a time machine and being in my old beat up 91 (laughs) Volvo with the tape deck with like four dudes in the back passing the blunt around, you know, like that was, I mean, it was just, it was amazing to hear. And I still have the playlist of the songs that they played in order and I still play it all the time. 
the, it's so good. The thing about it too is they have it's a reminder that they had so many hits as well that yeah. like it does turn into well, oh man, I can't believe he didn't play this. I can't believe he didn't play that. Oh, is he gonna match? Does he have this track to this track? Oh no, he should have played this again. And it's so good. Yeah. And it, it was just incredible. And I love the fact that the energy was positive, right? It wasn't negative in terms of like, you know, anybody trying to diss each other or like, I'm better than yeah. you. It was really a celebration. And I know that early on, there's still people that are like, oh, well, this person won or that person won or the score was this. But it wasn't really even about that. It's more everyone sitting around and enjoying it together on social media. I thought that was really cool. I love that one yeah. too. That's got to be right up there in terms of the best ones. But in terms of just like jokes and fun, the Bounty Killer and Beanie Men was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> no, just I forgot incredible. about that one. Yeah, the dance hall one. The was dance sick. hall one was incredible. That was so much fun. It was just, it was just happy, right? Like, yeah, it is just the the fun they were having. The the fact that was one of the first ones that they were actually together too in the in the same place, right? So yeah. you've seen them kind of evolve. As they've gone along as well and try different things and see different things that work. But that one was so fun and the police came to try to shut it down and then they just kept playing music <laughs> anyways. Um, but yeah, Fabo and Jada was good. Snoop and DMX was good. Jada was amazing. And now the new they just announced that they're doing Rick Ross and 2 Chains. Mm. And I will be certainly tuning in for that one. I don't know, like, the whole internet's going nuts by saying, you know, oh, well... What Rick Ross is just going to come in there and, and talk, you know, fake stories or lies or whatever. <laughs> okay. And that's jokes, yeah. and that's jokes. But I don't know, uh, like, hit for hit, like, R Ricky Rose is going to put some tracks down that yeah. are just absolute So, bangers. I don't know if I saw this on Twitter or in a group chat, but someone was trying to float, it should be Jeezy versus Rick Ross. I, I'd be listen, here for that. And we just celebrated a, a very important anniversary. Oh yes, uh, Sheldon. That I think you need to touch on here before we go, because yes. what was it? Was it fifteen, 15 years ago? Fifteen years ago. God, we're so old. Fifteen years ago, the the the, the hood scriptures. That <laughs> Absolutely. Is Thug motivation one hundred and one. <sighs> Young Jeezy, let's get it. I mean, a life changing album. A life-changing album. The first thing to me was I thought it was earlier than 2005. So that kind of tripped me out, to be honest, right? That part really tripped me out because I was kind of thinking, wait, that was only 2005? Like, I thought it was yeah. earlier than that. But No, it was a university. I was in university. I remember that. It's just, you know, you think back and you see that album cover is just legendary. And Thug Motivation 101 is just one of those albums where if you know, you know. Right? Like if you're yeah. if you're if you're one of my friends, right? <laughs> I think I tweeted this out. I gotta find the exact tweet because I don't wanna misquote myself. But I'll say this. It's totally fine if we're friends and you've never bumped this album before, <laughs> but just know that we're not as cool as you think we are if you haven't. <laughs> somebody I saw a good tweet as well about it, and it was somebody was saying that it was really one of the first albums that he can remember where like You'd be walking and cars would pass you by and everybody seemed to be bumping a different track <laughs> off the album. It's so good, That's man. True. And I was in Toronto that summer yeah. and was driving. I was working for a, for a cartoon okay. and I was a production assistant yeah. and I had a minivan yeah. and I had that album yeah. on repeat with the windows down Oof. 
going all around Toronto, man. It's just so good. Young Jeezy, Let's Get It, Thug Motivation 101. It's just such a great album. It's just morning motivation. It's just wake up and get it. I always, I remember yeah. me and Cab always just joke around because I would tell Cab, because I remember Cab was like, you love Young Jeezy? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I love Young Jeezy. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I don't need coffee Huge. in the morning. I don't need an alarm clock. I need to put on Jeezy and I'm ready to go in the morning. And I'll never forget one of my boys who works in finance. One day he was <laughs> like, we were talking about, he's like, I was like, wait, you bump Young Jeezy? He's like, dude. All he talks about is waking up in the morning and getting money. That's literally and my getting job. Money. <laughs> He's like, that's literally my job. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense actually. <laughs> right? It's the, just, it's amazing. I love Jeezy. One of those records too that like Jeezy was in, the reason that I think it sounds like, or we don't realize that it was 2005 was because of the mixtapes. Ah, yes. Because Jeezy true. was on mixtapes for enough time before that album came out and that album was really one of the only ones that continued on you know like oh, sometimes I know what you're saying, you hear yeah. all the you hear all the mixtapes and you're like oh man i can't wait till the album comes out yeah. and then the album's a bit of a letdown and this one sounded but, like the mixtapes yeah exactly and it's almost like meek and uh, Dream Chasers mm-hmm. into Dreams and Nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dream Chasers 2, I think, became, came out before Dreams and Nightmares. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this album might be better than the mixtape yeah. that I love. And I think Jeezy was the same way. And you can just listen to it straight through. And I just remember the first time hearing Go Crazy. Like, oh. It's just, oh. the beat is just Fuego Fire. Like, still, to let's this day. get it, sky's the limit. Like, it's just uh, too many one, bangers on that album. Trap the Star. Fresh. Oh, uh, and then what? Yeah, Manny Fresh is, uh, and then what? Yeah, that's a Manny Fresh one. Oh. That was, I think, was the first one off that, I think. Um, I think so, yeah. Also, one Just, of the huge bangers off that is Soul Survivor, Akon, right? Oh. Which is a, that's a, a hip-hop big cut. classic track. That's one of those oh. where I know people, where to me, I, I, I gauge your real <laughs> Toronto card. But if you were ever 10 deep in System Soundbar on a Thursday night bumping to Soul Survivor, I know that you and I are from the same Toronto. <laughs> I'll say That's that it. much. Incredible. Oh, Incredible. It was, oh, I think Get Throwed wasn't from that album. No, but Get no, Throwed no, no. is another. That's a big track. That's a, that's a big that's track. track the album big is track. just great, man. I, again, like that, Let's Get It, Sky's the Limit, Standing Ovation, uh, Bottom of the map is one of my. Uh, oh. It's just straight through. You can just go through and listen to that album. If you haven't done it, do it. It's timeless. Morning motivation. Let's go. Um, Let's get it. Great way to end this pod, Webby. That's a great way to end this. Absolutely. Pod. Some young Jeezy talk. Some verses talk. The NBA's back. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Feeling good. Two more sleeps. Two more sleeps. Uh, Webby feels good to be back. But now that basketball's back. Uh, I took a hiatus off Twitter for the most part, but I'll be back now. So I'm here, but Webby, if people want to hit you up, talk some ball, see what's going on with you. Where can the people hit you up, man? Yeah, look at pictures of my new daughter when she uh, arrives. Uh, Yeah, we'll get her on the pod. We'll we'll give her a little cameo when she comes. Uh, So, yeah, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Same thing, at AWebster84. Let's watch some basketball together. 
Let's watch some ball together. Of course, and as mentioned, we'll be back. This is called the Ball on Blast podcast, which as mentioned, part of the On Blast podcast network. Me and Mr. Andrew Webster will be back every single week breaking down what's going on in the NBA. Haven't really decided what day of the week it will be yet. To kind of take, going to take a look at the NBA schedule, which is kind of weird. Obviously, as you yeah, know, it's, I mean, it's all compacted. But we'll probably be recording as games are going on. Sure. To be to be fair. Totally. So we'll figure that out, and we'll have there'll be one a week. We'll do this ball on blast podcast. Same thing goes for the wrap it up podcast, which returns after the Raptors and Lakers game. You can find that live on Twitter, live on Instagram, and then wherever you get your podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube. Again, all of these things you can find under the On Blast Podcast Network. Go to any of those places, search On Blast Podcast. You find all your basketball coverage. We got you covered here. And my name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And again, please, please, please like and subscribe whenever you see the pod. Like, share with your friends. Let them know the NBA is back, which means we are back as well. And I couldn't be happier at all. And, you know, it's been a long time since we've said this because it's been a while since we've been back. But as always, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network. Available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla.